Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, September 19th, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, as always on this Monday to kick off another college football week. We have to look back at what Saturday brought us in week three of the sport as the USC Trojans made another big statement with a huge win over Fresno State, now 3-0 on the season, and they remained in the top 10 of the latest AP Top 25, coming in at number seven. So Lincoln Riley's crew off to another great start here in 2022. His first year at the helm with the Trojans. And to help me break them down today is going to be Ryan Abraham of USCfootball.com. So let's bring him in right now, Ryan. Thanks for joining me, man. And, you know, I'm looking at USC and I'm thinking to myself, this should have been a bit of a longer process. But, you know, it's Lincoln Riley, first year, brings all these transfers in. Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy contender at quarterback. I mean, everything is just breaking right right now for USC in the Pac-12. Yeah, for sure. I mean, think about where USC was a year ago, you know, just fresh off of firing Clay Helton after losing to Stanford. And then they come out of the gate 3-0, and scoring at least 40 points in every game. They haven't done that since the uh, Matt Line at Reggie Bush days back in 2005. So we weren't sure how long it was going to take to sort of transfer, the, you know, transform this roster and the staff and the culture and everything but Lincoln Riley in the last you know eight nine months has been able to do that and the fact that they're going out and, and you know just beating beating all these teams by double digits covering the spread every week haven't turned the ball over all year they forced you know 10 turnovers it's just been kind of a crazy transformation for what we saw last year to this year do you consider it a bit of luck at this point? Consider, I mean, yeah, it's only three games. We don't want to overreact about which way or the other, but I'm looking at this team and it's a brand new football team, you know, brand new staff under, under Riley. He brought in all these transfers and usually for a team like that, especially at the college level, it takes time for these guys to gel. So I'm not necessarily surprised that they are three, and zero right now, but maybe just how easy it is right now. What, what do you say? I think, you know, Lincoln Riley had a plan in place, and I think he looked at the roster and said, "We got to transform this." And they they added, uh, you know, superstars on the offensive side of the ball and some solid players on the defensive side of the ball. They did whatever they could, and I asked him about it and like, what would be, you know, are you ahead of schedule or anything? He's like, you know, culture wise, he didn't know if everyone would have been been bought in already, but they have. I think there's some luck factor on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they had three pick sixes in the first week, uh, but to get ten turnovers on the year, they're forcing a lot of negative plays. I think 26 tackles for loss, tw- 14 sacks on the season along with those 10 turnovers, but they're giving up a lot of, of yards too. So they're getting some opportunistic stops in the red zone. On the offensive side, I don't think there's a lot of luck involved. You saw Caleb Williams on Saturday. Wasn't his best game as a Trojan for sure, but it's sort of like your golf game. Like he was driving the ball really well, and but he wasn't driving the ball that well on Saturday, but he was he was rolling in putts from far out. So I, it's just one of those things where if, if thing, you know, the first, you know, two weeks ago against Stanford, they go five straight touchdowns without having a third down. And then, you know, on Saturday, 
against Fresno State, they had to convert a bunch of third downs and even some fourth, you know, three fourth downs. So they're kind of doing it different ways. So I, I would say on the offensive side, there's a lot of skill involved there. They can win. They can beat you a whole bunch of different ways. They're scoring a lot of points no matter what happens in the game. So I wouldn't attribute that to luck very much. I'll circle back to the offense in just a second. So you mentioned the defense. I mean, who has really stood out to you among these first three weeks? Because I would say that's probably the biggest question everyone had aside from well, how all these new faces obviously gel together here in 2022. But everyone must have said, you know what, Lincoln Riley, we know he's a quarterback guru. He's an offensive genius, but that defense could be what holds USC back in their hopes for a Pac-12 title in his first year as head coach. But it just seems like now they're answering those questions as well. And I mentioned the luck factor before, but it's a little bit more than that. I mean, you, you, I mean, you just mentioned before how they're more of an opportunistic type of defense. Yeah, I think if you look at the some holdovers, like Tuli Tuli Pelotu, who's a potential All-American on the defensive line, he had another, he might have had two sacks uh, on Saturday, and then Kalen Bullock, you know, he's been great. He had a 93-yard pick six in the opener, but the USC safety, he's been awesome. But a lot of the guys that are contributing are transfers, like Shane Lee's a captain on this team, the middle linebacker that came over from, from Alabama, but Eric Gentry, was a freshman All-American at Arizona State last year. Six foot six, like 205 pounds. He doesn't look like a linebacker. And he has a tip pass uh, on Saturday. He's been all over the place, having some big hits. So it's been kind of crazy. And then Solomon Bird, they get all these transfers in from big-time programs. He's a rush end from Wyoming. And uh, he ends up getting two sacks against Stanford. He got another sack against Fresno State. So you're getting some good contributions from guys that were on the team from before. But a lot of the contributions on the defensive side are from uh, these transfer players in. And a guy like Solomon Bird was like third on the depth chart. He wasn't really even getting reps. Uh, he's kind of worked his way up, and now he's a starter. So they they kind of need to find some of those guys uh, to, to come in and fill some roles because they definitely had a lot of uh, holes on the roster from last year. I mean, it was one of the worst defenses I've ever seen from USC last year. So they're you know they're not they're flawed defense for sure, but they're 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 getting they're getting big plays at the right time and uh, turning the ball over, and that, that's going to help any defense. Yeah, it certainly has helped that Solomon Bird has stepped up as you just mentioned. So before I come over to the offense, because it has a Heisman contender in Caleb Williams, of course, but I'm just looking at this team as a whole right now. Can this be a sustainable model for what you've seen? over the first three weeks. I mean, it seems like they're the most, I mean, they're the most team that, that, that that's the most well off out of all the Pac-12 teams right now. We've seen an up and down Oregon team. Utah obviously already has a loss as well. Washington might not be as good as they put on against Michigan State, but maybe they are that good. UCLA, maybe some questions as well. So in the grand scheme of things, I mean, how are you rating this USC team within the confines of the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Pac-12 has some really good wins over the weekend. You know, Oregon getting a, a win over a ranked BYU team. Uh, Washington really piled on a ranked Michigan State team. Uh, those two teams, USC isn't playing though, so they, they don't have to worry about them, at least till the, the title game. Utah's turned things around after that opening loss to uh, to Florida. But if you, I mean, the problem is if you're going to face USC, they've scored on the, you know, the first drive of every game. I think the first two drives uh, of every game, it might have been three, I don't know. But I mean, they just keep scoring at the beginning of the game and you're like, you, you look around, you're like, well, okay, now we're down 14 points. What happens? And I think you're you're taking teams out of what they want to do. Like a Stanford would love to get a lead and sort of milk it. USC put Stanford in a terrible spot because they were playing catch up the entire game. So I think with this offense, uh, and we've seen them, like I mentioned, they've scored different ways. It could be fast, explosive plays, or it could be long, sustained drives where they had two running backs go for over 100 yards. Uh, both were not, both played for Pac-12 teams last year, but neither one of them were USC and Travis Dye and Austin Jones. But they can beat you a whole lot of different ways on offense. So I think they're going to have a puncher's chance at every game. That The defense has sort of been up and down. 
They haven't really, they've been a lot of bend, but don't break. So I, I mean, I think they're the favorite in the Pac-12 right now, just because, you know, I, I mean, teams throughout college football outside of like maybe Georgia are flawed, you know, and USC certainly has flaws. They haven't, Lincoln Riley didn't fix everything coming in in year one, but they're good enough that they can easily win the Pac-12 this year, which I thought, you know, Utah would kind of be the class of the conference, but I didn't think USC would be as good as they've been. So it's still going to, they got to play Utah on the road. I think it's going to go through that, that, that game in Salt Lake City. But right now, the way USC scoring points, I, I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to be favored in every game the rest of the way out, and they're already 3-0, and so that's going to tell you something. We'll talk about one of those biggest keys to their success after this quick break. Keep it locked here. You're listening to the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Ryan, I, I, this is my other question about what this USC offense is doing here. And of course, Ryan Abraham of uscfootball.com joining me on the College Football Daily. Caleb Williams, everyone knew how good he was. I mean, he stood out at Oklahoma, took takes over for Spencer Rattler. Now he was mostly good, but then once Lincoln Riley leaves, you know, naturally everyone's going to say, well, Caleb's going to follow him. And he did. And so far, so good. I mean, this kid has probably put himself right into the thick of the Heisman Trophy conversation. And again, he was a guy that didn't even play the whole year last year. For Oklahoma, he's only played three games so far, this, so far this year for USC. With him at the helm, just piloting this offense right now, you have a Heisman contender, and then you have arguably the best or at least one of the best offenses in the country coming straight out from the West Coast. Yeah, with you know, Jordan Addison, the addition there, you get the Bolitnikoff Award winner from last year. That certainly helps things. Mario Williams has been great for USC. He's so elusive out there. But I've been impressed with Caleb Williams just since he came in. He's done it like different ways through three games. That first game against Rice, now Rice is overmatched. He just kind of effortlessly took off and, and ran the ball. Had 68 rushing yards. And we were checking with sports information at USC. We couldn't find a quarterback at USC that ran for that many yards. We went back to like the Rodney Pete days in the late 80s. And we, I don't think he did that. So this is, a, you know, that was just something he just did like out of nowhere. And then the next week against Stanford doesn't really want to run much. He's throwing the ball at a high percentage all over the place. And then, you know, against uh, against Fresno State, he wasn't, he seemed a little rattled in the pocket. USC was down one of their their offensive linemen. And he seemed to be maybe like, you know, kind of rushing in his head a little bit. Wasn't the, the most accurate guy in the world like we've seen in the years where he had more incomplete passes than he did before, but he took off and ran for a couple of touchdowns, converted on three fourth downs. And, and when it was money downs, when it was like third and long, was really delivering the ball and, and finding receivers. So I've been impressed just because he's done it in different ways each week. So it's it's like on Saturday, you could say he kind of had an off game and still, you know, it was still really good. They put up 45 points. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where he's just been really impressive. You're not going to be, you know, you don't bring your A game every day. And I think the fact that we saw them sort of have an off night and still was really effective at the quarterback spot, that was really impressive to me. Would you put him at the top of your Heisman candidates right now or at least in the thick of things? 
Yeah, I think he's in the the thick of things. I mean, it's you know only three games in, and we're going to see. You know, I mean, what Georgia's doing right now, I don't think anybody expected that. You know, um, and you know we'll we'll see. There's some prominent quarterbacks with you know Bryce Young coming back and CJ Stroud and all those guys, but I think he's going to be in the conversation as long as USC keeps scoring forty plus points a game. And uh, you know, if, if he doesn't throw for three or four touchdowns, he runs for a couple. It's just one of those things where he's been electric. And you know, a guy like Jordan Addison, he has five touchdown catches through three games. He had another one that was called back because he was just out at the at the one or whatever. But it's one of those things where I think the numbers are going to keep piling up. And if they get a win this weekend against Oregon State, which is going to be, a, you know, two undefeated teams, tough game on the road. And then like we mentioned, the Salt Lake City game, you get a win there. At, you know, I you get some of those big wins along with the numbers. There's no reason why, you know, he's definitely on track to be in New York right now. Now things can change. It's a long, it's a long season, but it's just, it's one of those things where is he the perfect quarterback? No, but who is? And you know, is, is he going to be up there with the guys that you've already seen that are, that are good? And like, yeah, he's the way they're putting up numbers and points and the way he's played and how poised he's been. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be up there in the, in the top three or four for the Heisman. Heck, you mentioned Georgia, maybe the entire football team is going to be in New York by season's end <laughs> with the way they're playing right now. So, you know, speaking of Georgia and it's not, it's not a direct comparison of USC to Georgia right now, but you know, we talked about, talked about before how the Pac-12 is it's an open conference and probably does go through Utah right now but the way USC is playing I mean they very well could turn themselves into the favorites even before that game or after the game should they get a win so then if you have that on the table the number seven team in the country and once you hear number seven you're like well that's only three spots away from a college football playoff spot once the uh, rankings come out later this season so when I'm looking ahead and I hate to look too far ahead because we're only a quarter way through the season but in your mind, is this a USC team, year one, under Lincoln Rye, that could actually say, you know what, we can win the Pac-12, 11-1, 12-0, and be in, or excuse me, 12-1 or 13-0, and be in the college football playoff by the end of the season? Yeah, I didn't think so going into the season, but now just looking at the Pac-12, uh, you know, seeing that Utah's not been perfect. Now, they, they start off slow yesterday and then, or on Saturday, and then piled it on, but against San Diego State. But it's a USC team that easily, I think, could win the Pac-12. There's landmines along the way, but they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Like people want Texas to be good or Florida State. People want USC to be good. They're 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 willing to accept a great USC team. They see a team that you know USC put up 50 points. Like okay, they're they're really good. We are, we know they've been good before. They can be good again. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Where maybe like a Utah or an Oregon that were 12 and one, maybe they wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. So I think USC would. So if they can go through, I mean, you know, like you said, maybe even losing to Utah in Salt Lake City, but then coming back and like beating the Utes in that Pac-12 championship game in Vegas, you're 12-1. and I mean, you know, things might have to fall their way a little bit, but I think more often than not, you're going to be in the college football playoff. I don't think they're a contender to win the national championship, but the way the path is, like, I could see them making the playoff, which is crazy considering that, like, would they get beat badly by an Alabama or Georgia or something? Probably. Uh, but USC's never made the playoff before. I, I know USC fans are like, well, wouldn't you rather just go like 10-2 and two and win the Rose Bowl? And for me, no, man, you want to make the playoff. Like, if you can go from 4-8 and eight to in the college football playoff in one year, even though you, you're probably not going to do well you know, in those games, man, I think that's what you would want to do and go out there. It's it's really proving the concept of what Lincoln Riley was selling, and I think it's going to help recruiting and all that, even if you get trucked by one of those SEC teams. But yeah, I, I think the path is there which I really didn't really believe going into the season, but the way they've played and the way that what's kind of things have unfolded in the Pac-12, I, I, I think it's really a possibility they could make it this year. Boy, man, if they go from 4-8 and eight to the college football playoff in just <laughs> one year under Lincoln Riley, he might just get a lifetime contract <laughs> right after 2022. Ryan Abraham with me on the College Football Day. Ryan, where can everybody find you and your work on social media and online? 
Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy or uh, on Instagram at The Peristyle. And then, of course, uscfootball.com. We've been doing this since 1996, if you can believe that. It was a lean seven or eight years, but now it looks like things are on the up and up a little bit. So if you want to follow, <laughs> you hate USC, you love USC, you can definitely get whatever you need over at uscfootball.com. Love them or hate them. Best USC coverage around on uscfootball.com. Ryan Abraham with me on the College Football Daily. That's going to do it for us. I am Nick Costco. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at NickCosco59. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to College Football Daily on our 24-7 Sports YouTube page. And also, if you're listening, wherever you might get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the case may be. Once again, Nick Costco saying so long. This has been the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.